Welcome to another edition of the It's Cavalier podcast. It's your boy Mac. And tonight is probably going to be a bit of a quick one. This is the final preseason game of the four preseason games the Cavs had. Obviously ended in an L, but to hell with wins and losses. We don't care about that shit. We care about development. We care about progression. We care about seeing some of these new additions that we have signed and acquired and traded for throughout this offseason. And you know what? I was not one bit disappointed. I feel at peace. I feel in a very good place with this Cavaliers roster right now. Now, as of right now, if I'm not mistaken, there are 14 players that are rostered. Each and every one of them will play a role at some point this season, whether it be due to injury, whether it be to getting uh, providing guys rest or developing, you know. Everybody is going to play their role, and that's without even factoring in the two-way contracts of players such as Amani Bates, Craig Porter Jr., Isaiah Mobley, who may very well end up being converted at some point this season if that roster spot is left open. But with all of that being said, this preseason really shed a lot of light on some of the uh, some of the progression that has taken place this preseason. Now. In pure terms of the things that we wanted to see the Cavs work on the most, I believe that there's probably two things that are at the top of my list. That was the ability to space the floor, really the ability to knock down shots, right? Three-point attempts. And the pace. And I can gladly report to you guys that each has been an emphasis this preseason and is absolutely glorious Um, You talk about three-point attempts per game. The Cavs are right up there in the top 12 this preseason at 14.5 attempts per game. They are letting them things fly, right? They are letting that shit fly and without any uh, care. They they could give zero fucks about it. And you know what? It's a good thing because they're three-point leaders at this point in time. Dean fucking Wade. 56.3% from three-point range. That is a guy that you absolutely want to see get going, right? Especially coming off a season in which he suffered that AC joint sprain and just didn't come back right. He did not look like he was functional, especially come the postseason series against the Knicks where he was basically played off of the floor. And this is a guy, mind you, that we're talking about who is supposed to take over for the departing Kevin Love. Um, we know how that situation played out. Dean obviously had big shoes to fill, and he was not able to fill them last season. Can that change this year? Um, maybe a little too late in regards to his spot in the rotation, but it is good to know that if you need to turn to him for spot minutes, he's there. Um, he's towards the bottom of the rotation, but he is certainly available. And having such a good preseason, I would not be surprised at all if JB just rolled the dice and gave him an opportunity early on in the season. You go on down the line from there. Next up, George Niang, 47.4 from three-point distance. This man has been everything that's advertised from three-point distance. We know what the stats say. They say that this man has completed uh, five straight seasons shooting above 40% from three-point range. And guess what? This preseason has shown that he can do that, (laughs) and he can really let it fly. 4.8 attempts from distance, 2.3 makes per game. I have absolutely no doubt in my mind that the Cavs will make the most out of this man's ability to knock down the three ball. They're going to get creative with some of these lineups you'll see him out there in, as we know that he is perfectly capable of manning the power forward position as well as give you some minutes at small forward, right? 
Um, and one of the things that we know, right, that the, the Cavs are quite a bit undersized at the three. And having the ability to have George's Niang out there that can give you multiple looks and you can place in multiple lineups and he still gives you the ability to space the floor, that is big time to have off your bench. So kudos to Kobe Altman for being able to bring him into the building. Also, some of the screens that he set to free up other players and to get himself open. That's big time, and I think that's that's an element of the Cavs' offense that was missing throughout points of last season. So I'm very, very curious to see how they end up utilizing Niang. On down the line here, we talk about rookie sensation, the guy who's generating a lot of buzz by yours truly and others, Amani Bates, 45.5% from three-point distance on, I believe, 10 of 22 from three-point range. Now, the one thing that we knew about Amani coming out of college, and really we saw this in summer league action as well, is that this man is not shy at all to shoot the basketball. This man is a gunner, and sometimes that is a good thing. Sometimes it's a bad thing. For Amani, this this summer league and this preseason has been nothing but a good thing, right? And he's he's looked better almost every time that he's out there, and we know – he has confidence for days, and I absolutely love it. I love that shit. I love the fact that this man is a he, he just appears ready for the moment. At 19 years of age, that is going to pay dividends for the future of this team. Now, we know the one big hole that we have right now is at the small forward position. We're hoping that Max Struess can step in there and you know fill that role for however long. But I'm not gonna lie to you guys. It would not surprise me one bit if Monty Bates eventually was able to develop into that uh, that wing that we needed, right? May not be this season, may not be next season, but at 19 years of age, there's plenty of time for this young man to develop into the player that uh, that many people, people believe that he has potential to be. And could that be at the small forward position for the Cavs? I would not be surprised. He's shown basically everything that you wanted to see out of him. There are going to be times in which he looks uh, a little bit lost out there defensively. That's, that's, that's common for rookies, right? You're going to see that happen, but he's actually surprised me a little bit on his, uh, you know, his defensive focus and his ability to reject some shots. Obviously he's still rail thin, right? At 170 plus pounds being his size, I believe listed about six, nine, you want to see him be able to add on a little bit more to that frame, but that will come in time. And I, I truly believe that Amani has what it takes to be a big-time professional in this league. He has some star qualities already. He's done nothing but put his head down at work, and I, I genuinely appreciate the blue-collar attitude that Amani has brought to the table because for so long we heard that at the collegiate level that this man – just doesn't was not focused, right? That is just head just was not in the right place. And um, I feel like the day that he was drafted, he became focused. And he will go and he will likely go down as the biggest steal of this draft. I continue to say that because I truly believe it. Um, and I, there's just not enough things, not enough good things that I can say about this young man. I just I feel really great about it. Moving on down the line here, Isaac Okoro pleasantly surprised to see that 
Isaac Okoro has shot 40% from three-point distance this preseason. Yes, that comes on small amount of volume at 2.5 three-point attempts per game. But still, to see him knock down those shots and still be efficient while doing so, that's a step in the right direction, right? Because we know for Isaac, the, the one gripe about his game is that people just do not respect him. Um, you know, I won't say the one gripe, the, the biggest gripe that people have about his game is that people just don't respect him and his ability to knock down the three point shot. You saw that last season as all, but one of his three point attempts were wide open. Nobody was defending him from the three point line. And the only way to remedy that folks is for him to continue to knock these shots down and with higher amounts of volume. One to two per game is not going to cut it. Defenses will not go out there and defend you unless you're literally hitting every single one. Three, four, maybe even five per game, and you're hitting down a reasonable amount of that, maybe 37, 38% of those shots, defenses will have to start respecting you eventually. And I feel like this is the season in which we will see that occur. Um, The the 2023-24 season, I believe this is where you will see the best and most impactful version of Isaac Okora yet. Partly because of the added spacing and the fact that Isaac is just not going to be relied upon anymore to create that spacing. He can play a little bit more freely. Um, he, he will not have the pressure of having to do that. And he'll be able to find a little bit more in terms of the cutting lanes, right? I feel like he can be way more impactful as a cutter than he has been in previous seasons. It's something that we know he has within his bag. I feel like there are some playmaking, uh, some latent playmaking skills that are in there that haven't quite been utilized by this Cavs team because, frankly, they just haven't needed him to with the 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 dearth of ball handlers and facilitators that they've had over these past couple of seasons. When you're talking about Darius Garland, Donovan Mitchell, Ricky Rubio, Karis LeVert, there's any number of options out there that the Cavs would probably prefer to have the ball in their hands and prefer that Isaac play more of an off-ball role. And yes, that's fine in theory, but uh, that doesn't necessarily use Isaac to his full skill set. So I'm hoping that Isaac will have the opportunity to do more things uh, now that the, the spacing is there for him. And one of those things that I feel that is highly important for him is the pace of play. And that's something that has been a – it looks t- to be an emphasis by the Cavs this preseason. They played at a pace of 105 this preseason. That, to me, is astounding. It's something that I would have never really truly envisioned uh, the J.B. Bickerstaff would have actually done. Now, he's talked about it in the past. Uh, but they really look like they put an emphasis on playing with a faster pace. And you know what? I feel like that's going to help guys like Isaac Coral thrive. I feel like really it's going to help the entire the entire team in general because everybody is going to have the ability to take more shots, right? Increase pace of play generally means that you're going to see a few more shot attempts per game. Uh, around the board for everybody whether that be in transition whether that be from three-point line whether that be at the rim itself the Cavs are likely to see an uptick in free uh, in field goal attempts per game and to me that's something that's very intriguing because I feel like that will bring out the best in certain players especially guys who can attack the basket uh at will uh, when you're talking about um 
Donovan Mitchell, when you're talking about Isaac Okoro, when you're talking about Darius Garland, guys who can legitimately drive to the basket and be impactful. And I just really, really remain impressed with JB's um, JB's willingness to do that because I feel like now you have those weapons, right? You you have the guys on the roster that can actually space the floor, that are threats that defenses will have to pay attention to and account for. Um, the floor is going to be open. And then the Cavs have the guys to go out there and run and uh, run with a faster pace. So I, I really couldn't be any more excited for that than uh, than I'm already mentioned. Now, I will say this. Max Struess, um, he hasn't knocked down nearly as many three-point attempts that uh, as I thought he would coming to this preseason. But the spacing, the gravity that he adds, I feel like that's very, very real. I feel like the three-point percentage that you're seeing in this preseason, which is at a lowly 31.3%, that's not going to stick, right? I I truly believe that that is going to be something that increases somewhere in the 37, 38% range as the regular season, uh, you know, rolls on. And to me, it was never truly about whether or not Max Struess was going to be able to come in the door and just be a scorching hot shooter because that's not necessarily something that I was expecting. What I am expecting is that defenses will have to account for him. You will have to send a body out to contest him. He is somebody that is a known shot maker from that range. So that, to me, will open the floor up to allow guys like Evan Mobley to operate in the paint a little bit more, whether that be in the mid-range area, uh, out in the elbow. It just it won't be as clogged as it has been in previous seasons. And I think that's the biggest thing about the Struis edition. It's not just the fact that the man can knock down three balls, but the very threat that that's a possibility the defenses will have to account for. So to me, that's a win. Uh, obviously, the Cavs were not able to string together uh, more than one win this preseason, but I don't care. You know, who who gives a fuck about that? We care about progression. We care about development. And the Cavs have have really made strides in, in terms of some of the things that they needed to to work on this preseason. Now, it's not a done deal, right? There are some things you did not get to see this preseason, namely Jared Allen. You really did not get to see what the full the the, the full roster looks like, the full rotation, because Jared Allen is just not healthy right now. Um, and I, I, I don't know. I Don't ask me. I don't have the actual timetable on his return. I don't think he's going to miss any regular season action. I feel like they're just holding him out for precautionary reasons. And that's the right approach, right? Um, you don't want to run guys into the ground when it's only preseason. We know that for Jarrett, the one thing that we're going to ask him to do offensively really is probably just run the floor, catch some lobs, operate within the confines of the pick and roll. Well, I guess that's three things. Uh, but those are the three things right now that you're really expecting for him. You're not expecting him to go out there and space the floor, um, although I know that the, that is something that he is actively working on. Um, and then obviously provide high-level rim protection and deterrence, something we know he is perfectly capable of doing. And to me, you didn't necessarily need Jared Allen in the preseason to show that he is capable of doing that because we've already seen him do it the past two seasons, one of which was an all-star caliber season. So we didn't get to see the entirety of the product. 
However, I still feel very, very good about uh, about the rotation as a whole. You did get a little bit more depth at the big, uh, big, big positions, uh, whether it be Damian Jones, who looks like he is perfectly capable of giving you quality minutes at the backup five. He's probably not going to be an everyday player, but that's okay. You don't need him to be as long as you have viable options, right? Same could be said about Tristan Thompson, who I'm ecstatic that the Cavs brought back, right? But that's not necessarily a guy that you want to see out there on a night-to-night basis. It's more so a breaking case of emergency type of situation with Tristan. And that's just the case for some of these in-of-rotation uh, pieces. We already mentioned Dean Wade here a little bit. And, you know, Dean scorched the fucking twine this preseason, but he's probably still on the outside looking in in terms of the general rotation, who right now I believe to be some combination of Darius Garland, Donovan Mitchell, Max Struess, Evan Mobley, Jared Allen, Assuming Health, Karis LeVert, George Niang, Isaac Okoro. That's your eight-man rotation right there. The Cavs obviously want to expand that out to around nine or ten. We, we heard rumblings of 11 deep. I don't think they'll go that deep, but nine, ten is probably a pretty comfortable range. And in that ninth, ten spot, it could be uh, any number of com- – will any combination of players, whether that's some form of uh, uh, at the guard position, as in Ty Jerome, whether that is additional – depth at the big spots and you want to get Evan Mobley and Jared Allen some rest, you can easily trot out Dean Wade and or Damian Jones to fill in those uh, and, and give you some good minutes. And to me, that's a much better spot to be in now than you were last season when you had the likes of Hal Nettle and Robin Lopez <laughs> on the bench and providing depth since you didn't have Ricky Rubio uh, to begin the season. And so I feel good. I feel really good about what we have right now, but you know, we really just have to see what this team looks like once they're, you know, at full capacity, once we do see Jared Allen out there and how the offense flows with two non shooting bigs. So, you know, even though you made the addition of Max Struess, there still is kind of the, the overall arcing theme of not necessarily having a big out there that can shoot the ball uh consistently and so i'm very curious to see what and how much max Struess's spacing really does change this this offense and so that's that's what the preseason is really about just seeing what specific things look like it's not about the wins it's not about the losses it's about seeing what you have and who you have right and letting guys uh you know, show themselves and showcase themselves for other teams. We've already seen a couple of guys sign elsewhere, you know, be waived and then be picked up. Um, and, and that's really cool to see. Um, when I say stuff like that, I mean, players like Sharif Cooper, who probably never really had a chance to make this Cavs roster to begin with. He was given some minutes this preseason to kind of showcase himself for other teams, uh, which is cool, right? That that's the Cavs doing right by, Uh, some of the guys on the roster. Uh, Overall, if I had to rate this preseason on a scale from 1 to 10, I'd probably give it about a 9. And maybe that's a little over the top. But, man, some of the things that I saw, um, you know, probably starting and ending with Imani Bates, um, I, I, I just, I can't say enough good things, right? I feel like 
there are legitimately uh, myriad reasons to feel very, very good about the future of this franchise. Um, not only the immediate future, but the long-term future. Uh, and, and that's just a, a really good spot to be in. Uh, so with that being said, like I always tell you guys, if you'd like to reach out, you can at It's Cavalier underscore pod on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, and more. If you'd like to be added to the exclusive It's Cavalier Discord chat, you know what to do. Leave a rating, leave a review, send a screenshot of said review to It's Cavalier 53 at gmail.com, and I will send you an invite. Go Cavs. Have a good night.